0: How's your week been? What have you been up to? Done much? Gone anywhere? Seen another human being?
1: So I I went to my bathroom. Um that was fun. Right. Um I took the I took the bins out. That was a, a bit of an adventure. Right. Peter Jackson's make, making a free a free movie set of it. It's gonna be like Lord of the Rings, and uh, me taking the bins out. Uh, it was good. Lord of the Bins. Lord of the Bins, aye. So <laughs> you did there? Frodo Bin Baggins. Frodo Bin Baggins mate already started you know well that's us that's us got our start bit for before the music garbage the gray Nah, no, that's not good Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Good Podcast. I'm here with my imaginary volleyball friend, Head. That is Nick Staniforth. Hello, sir.
0: Hello, how you doing? I smell like leather and I'm a bit curvaceous. Um, so that's my, that's my description.
1: A little bit of mud on the face as well, just to bring out your features.
0: Yeah, it keeps me though. You can't see it because you can't see me. Um, but I'm
1: good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm, I'm slowly um, falling apart like the main <laughs> protagonists in Jewel. But I'm getting there. <laughs> that
0: that took a like a quick nosedive there, mate. I'm very well, I'm very well, I'm falling apart. I think that was like a eighties love ballad.
1: Yeah, was that not like um Total Eclipse of the Heart? Perhaps? Or a simply
0: red song. I don't know, it's weird. Um but yeah. We are both we're both up and down, shall we say?
1: At least we're not at the fairground, which is another simply red song. Don't know why ask it to do anything, but you know. What a beautiful yeah. ginger man. Mick Hartnell. Is he anyway? Is he?
0: Have you seen him now? He doesn't he looks looks scary.
1: Listen, we don't all we we don't age well as a as a I was gonna say as a nation. As, <laughs> as as a species. We don't we don't age well. Um you know. He's not even my same nation, he's English. I
0: was gonna say what you want you, you mate, you're stereotyping. You've seen a ginger man and immediately thought he was
1: Scottish. <laughs> I thought he was a groundskeeper.
0: Alas, that's not the case. But wouldn't it, make no, This it's is not a podcast about the exploits of Mick Hucknall.
1: Um, it's, it's not. It's meant to be about movies.
0: It's meant to be. We're getting off to a wicked
1: start, as always. We'll see what happens and just go for there. You know, it's always good to just chat a little bit of shit at the start and just see how it goes. And I don't know how, I don't know how we've still got news, but news is still filtering through. News is still filtering through. From the front line. The world continues to spin. Isn't it nice? Yeah, and it all still continually tangentially links to our past episodes as well. How so, sir? It's really, it's really starting to freak me out. (laughs) It is starting to feel like we're in the Truman Show, and I can't wait for a bald man to try and take me out in a simulated storm in the middle of (laughs) a fake ocean. (laughs) Come on, news. Anyway, Russo Brothers live action Hercules Disney remake. Now. This is madness because did I did I send you this madness? Yeah, yeah. You, te- you texted me. Yeah.
0: Because a couple of a couple of weeks back we were talking about Disney remakes and which ones to go for, and fuck, I can't even remember what my suggestion was. Oh, it's the Rescuers because you were like, no,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: There's more chance for the Rescuers to happen. Turns out that's not the case, is it?
1: No. So you've got Russo Brothers set to produce the live action Hercules. Um what the? I know it's like as if the, you know they're just thinking oh you know we'll, we'll do Endgame and, you know maybe go for a holiday or take some time off they must be bored in lockdown um it's also got another <laughs> marvel connection and that the the writer Shang-Chi is uh set to um write the screenplay for it so that's David Callahan um he fancy yeah he's actually linked to you know so sort of a couple of bits and pieces that we Love on this show. Um well, right. I, I say love. Um you know it's there's a couple of uh choice picks from from his uh oh okay. his past that, you know, we would like. So not mm-hmm. only is he is he the writer of The New Hercules, he's also one of the main writers on, on. Into the Spider Verse, the second one. Uh that we we're alright with that film. We, we, we think apparently it's right. we think that's quite good, that film. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's pretty good. It's not bad, you know. It's um, it's just up there. Um, <laughs> uh, he also was uh, the screenplay, main screenplay writer for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Fucking hell, busy B then. Yeah, and before that, he just had some small series called The Expendables, which I imagine as a writer is quite lightweight. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> that's a that's a like so the equivalent of just the script basically says. Sylvester Stallone mumbles, <laughs> guns go bang, guy's dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, where he's he's looked at every old action film and just, he's gone through IMDb quotes and just kind of, I love that one, I love that one, that can go in there. That could, yeah, I can move that one around.
1: He also did the st- the screenplay for Doom, which although is a pretty poor movie, it does have that excellent one scene that's like the first person shooter scene.
0: Yeah, but is that, how much? how much did he contribute to that?
1: He, he probably didn't contribute in. He probably just wrote first-person shooter scene. But I'm just stating that, that that's like one good scene in a bad movie.
0: That's true. That's true. That should be a discussion that we that's somewhere down the line of like one great scene in a shit film.
1: Me, I've got hundreds like that.
0: <laughs> well, there you go.
1: Because I love a good shit movie.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so he's got. We've got a writer. We've got producers. No director. I'm sure was John Favreau mentioned did I, or did I make that up? Uh, I think you
1: might have made that up, sir. Let oh, me have a look. Weird.
0: Looking at John, Ra- no, uh, looking at John Favreau or the Russo brothers to direct because they're already producing. Yep. So his name's his name's been mentioned. Basically, his name is. Yeah. floating. The other around.
1: person who's mentioned in this Go in on. the article is Danny DeVito.
0: Of course, because let's be right. You know, so far we've had we've had one remake. And it's not a fucking live-action remake. It was a CGI remake of The Lion King. And James L. Jones came back from Mufasa. And let's be honest, everyone cried a little bit inside that we were actually hearing it again. Even though he was fucking, like, saying it over the phone, probably. Um uh, I Bro, he's...
1: James L. Jones is, like, the most famous voice actor ever. I mean, Darth Vader. Yeah. All, all the good stuff, you know? He, he does... Yeah, that's that's all what his IMDb
0: stuff. credits say. Darth Vader, all the good stuff. That's all. That's all that's on there. Um, with but with this, I think Hercules. Like, if you had to pick anyone to come back to actually be in a live action version of the film, they were previously in. Danny DeVito is a hundred percent on that list.
1: Yeah, he has to really, doesn't he? Plus, he's up for the cookie shit now. Yeah, he's he's no, a bit yeah, odd. Yeah. He loves it. He's, he's he loves about the old fucking mentalness. <laughs> There's plenty of fucking always, sun, always sunny episodes
0: um, to validate this, and he was good in Jumanji in the brief sort of part he was in when before the rock took over. But I can totally imagine him as Phil in like a toga, looking really pissed off. Um, but
1: just just sort of with still the horns though, with still like the horns as well,
0: with the horns and the and the hooves, like or just I mean to be fair, he might just be. He could be shuffling around a bit um, because you know he's getting on. Bless it. He's not. He's not the age he was. He's an older man. He is an older man. So we we already are fully aware, mate, that Hercules is like your top. Is well, first off, you picked it as a remake. Is it a favourite as a like in a viewing? Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Why? It's the most underrated. Really? Do you think that the music? The, the yeah, the musical numbers on it are absolute bangers, <laughs> right? Uh, the story's great. I've got an image of you sat
0: on the bus just listening to the Hercules soundtrack now.
1: That 201 doesn't know what hit it.
0: <laughs> Am I right in saying Michael Bolton did the did song for it?
1: Yes, yes, Michael Bolton did. Michael Bolton? Did a song for it.
0: wait, Was it Boy, Boyzone or Westlife?
1: Uh, now you're testing my knowledge. One of them,
0: I was going to say, one of them definitely did a song for it. We wouldn't need to confirm this. But we're going back to it, yeah. So why you think it's
1: underrated? The Songs are bangers. Songs are bangers, the story's it... great. The villains amazing. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. voice cast is really good. Um in terms of yeah. uh, James Woods does a great job as Hades. Um Tate mm-hmm. Tate Donovan is Hercules. Um yeah. Danny DeVito, obviously. Joshua. Do we need to Danny DeVito being a... the the Long Dead. Maybe. I was gonna say the Long Dead that sadly missed. <laughs> long dead because you always say that oh he's been long dead um ripped with zeus yeah so i, I you know it's quite a good good voice cast so far so looking at
0: that cast list and going for the live action one who would you cast in the lead role so danny devito's already set he's in a dream yep. in a perfect world his name is on the contract he's on board who else is coming who, who else is joining them
1: hmm so the, the thing the thing with hades is are you going to make him as cgi looking as you did you know it would have to be probably cgi because he's got his hair on fire and stuff so yeah yeah. you could go for anyone like andy circus somebody that's going to be good at a, a, a sort of cgi role um right that that kind of thing i'm a little bit dry on um in terms of who's going to play hercules himself hmm it's an interesting one you've stumped you've stumped me you've stumped
0: me so i can i put a choice forward so i'm gonna send you a link right so this fella is is currently like a big name on netflix people like well i'm not gonna say it yet because i don't want to give it away because i want you to see him first and if it gets your approval i've done it But this guy is a big name on Netflix. He's turned up in a lot of films at the moment. Um, Majority of like teen rom-coms and shit. I'm going to send you a link now and I want you to tell me your verdict. I've sent you over it on on Discord, so have a look. This guy goes by the name of Noah Centinio. Yeah. Centinio, yeah. Who is massive at the minute. Like, well, he's not massive. He's been doing all right. He was rumoured for He-Man when they were doing a live-action He-Man. With that, I can see him as Hercules. If they're going for that sort can of thing. Can see him
1: as Hercules more than He Man?
0: Yeah. Like, that's that's Teenage Hercules in my eyes. It's a good show. For Meg, I'm going to throw a mad one out purely because I saw her name on Twitter a while ago and I was like, that's so crazy, it just might work. Ariana Grande?
1: Yeah, plus she can sing as well. So that would, again, you know, you'd, you'd give yourself a good couple of. Hades, interesting one. Again, bit of a mad choice. I've just fought one. I've just fought one. For who? Who's this right. for? Can I give you mine? Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken for Hades. Hades. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Possibly.
0: It's weird, but I just thought of it. I think I don't know if he's if age is an issue there, but I can I could I could see him, Christopher Walken from like ten years ago doing it. Or
1: no, same. No, we'll just tart them up. We'll just tart them up do that de-aging thing. Do that de-aging. I don't mean like in Boondock Saints, <laughs> like when they put a dress on that on. That was just degrading. But I mean, like you know, they do that de-aging thing they did in Irishman.
0: Fair. I, I will see your Christopher Walken and raise you Hugh Jackman. Interesting. Interesting. I'm purely going off. I'm purely going off. He's not done a lot of bad guy roles. Um, but when he has he's, he's alright and also obviously we know he's got he's singing
1: he's got his singing and he's got his chops he's
0: got his chops lovely chops so but then with going from there who would you who would be the Zeus to Hugh Jackman's Hades should we just get Christian Bale in just for the fuck of it
1: <laughs> then would you cast Michael Caine as Pete <laughs> <laughs> just have a minute as Phil and then and then I uh, oh, Phil sorry not Pete what the fuck are we talking about <laughs> Phil <laughs> it's and then we'd be fucking um, back. We'd be back round the fucking merry-go-round again, or fucking the mm, prestige. That's perfectly fine. Um, I, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm excited for this, mate. I know that like the common consensus is like, oh god, another remake. But we had our discussion last week about remakes. You had your. I'll be honest, it was a rant. Um, about
1: remakes, which I was a hundred percent fine I've had some good feedback on that rant, by the way. I've had some good feedback on that rant. People have said that it was welcomed. I think, yeah. It's good to see a remake being made, but again, it needs to be sporadically put placed amongst new releases. Yeah, Disney they now I think are just saying, "Well, let's bring everything that we had 30 a year ago forward for mm-hmm. the kids that haven't seen it," because a lot of people, I think, Pixar's made the jump forward. Yeah, but the the the, the hand drawn stuff hasn't made the jump forward in terms of that's kind of been left behind, unfortunately. Mm. Um, one I hope they don't make is Aristocats. I hope they don't make that as a Live action, why? Because you just don't like it. No, I just don't get to be the same. Yeah,
0: yeah. It'd be very Lady the Tramp ish.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Lady the Tramp is good, but she just, just just I just don't want to see live action cats. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't fill me with joy. Um,
0: I just think it's weird, mate. That now you can go on Disney Plus and you can type in a title and get three versions of it. Or do you know what I mean like it's just weird. Um, but you know hey ho Hercules could be good um, Dwayne Johnson had
1: a crack at it and it was alright but it should be a bit more chirpier um, again you know. again he you switched your brain off with the Dwayne Johnson thing It's perfectly fine yeah it's works well as a of entertainment yeah
0: Th- three stars easy yeah up for this up for it up for it up for it what uh, I will what- say
1: is that the more um, Disney Plus will get the absolute fuck smashed out yet because <laughs> obviously it's May the 4th so
0: oh shit yeah yeah, so expect they, they to be sit struggling. down and
1: watch a bit of the trilogy, you know what I mean? Lord of the Rings, obviously. Of course,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh moving on to other news, mate. We further down further down the rabbit hole. Uh see what I did. What I did or right? golf hole, if golf. you go
1: to the original movie. We do. Um, what else yep. is
0: on the list, mate? It's so you get Space excited. Jam came
1: out with a poster. They did. And I'm I'm not sure of the timeline on this, but it came come back off the back of a hat it did so being posted uh, and then they, and then they went oh shit we better get a fucking poster out yeah um i i don't know if it was i don't know if it was accidental or what but yeah lebron james
0: uh put a put a photo up on his instagram i think or twitter yeah it was instagram um with it was just the hat with the logo of the new film um what so a lot of
1: space jam and new legacy oh yeah. Big King James dropping the spoilers. Yeah, what's your what's your excitement level on this now, mate? Now we've got a zero. Name. Zero. <laughs> we, don't need, we we don't need a second space jab. The first no. one's fine. Is it? <laughs> now that I've watched the Michael the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix, I especially don't need a second one. Just leave it as is. What 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 can we add? What what can we add? Well, it, it's happening. You can't you can't stop this train. The problem is Nick. It's been happening for about ten years. Yeah, fair. I remember, yeah, I remember this getting talked about quite a while back. Yeah, LeBron's changed teams about six times since they first announced <laughs> it. That's why me being like me being like Sarke, like I'm just genuinely saying he has changed about six teams. That's crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it seems to have changed directors more times as well than he's changed teams. Right. The guy that's heading it up now, um, I believe is the guy that did black panther so yeah it's, no
0: ryan coogler is from my understanding on writing duties um which oh, right, okay. straight away though like that's that's a really interesting like involvement personally i think the director is uh, malcolm d lee who did i mean to be honest his back catalogue ain't the best he's done stuff like girls trip which is all right which is not a bad film we did night school uh, with kevin hart and tiffany Haddish, which i was just not a fan of um but i think you know, sometimes all a director needs is a really good script. And when you've got someone like Ryan Coogler involved in it, that's really interesting. Also the fucking music's been composed by Hans Zimmer, which I've only just realised, which is mental,
1: but yeah. Why? I, pff, no idea, mate. I, just give me, just give me some of that, you know, that, that jam, You know, the song at the start of Space Jam. Oh, and, but not, but not, I believe not I can fly. R- no? Not an R. <laughs> Kelly, not an R. <laughs> Kelly song, obviously now, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> you know maybe a wee Jason Derulo song or something like that do you know what I mean mate fucking Seal fly like an eagle is a banger and I don't care what anyone says (laughs) odd yeah get Seal go and find what he's doing he'll be in that fucking bush over there kissing roses again (laughs) you fucking idiot Um,
0: (laughs) Seal what are you doing did you know I did know yes I did know Seal
1: when it's yes yes when it snows yes I know (laughs) He's always up for, cl- I tell you something, Seal is always up for clapping. Yep, <laughs> Seal's always up for clapping. I'll tell you that for free. Wow. Um, so, yeah, your enthusiasm levels for this are at 0%. Aye, and the fact is that they keep moving it on, obviously, because, like, you know, they're having issues or whatnot, or it gets pushed by the wayside. They're having to keep changing the people that are meant to be in it. So, originally, it was meant to be featuring, like, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and stuff like that. And now it's featuring totally different, newer guys, because these guys are either retired past it, had issues, you know, whatever. It, it's mental. Like, um, the original one was amazing. Like, it had the, the biggest names in basketball and it, at that time in it. And they they put it out and they thought they were going to make nothing. You know, it, it wasn't even meant to be, like, the kind of lead film for that year. Made £230 million. You know, just just like that sink in. What? P- pound or dollars? $230 million. Don't try and narrow it down. Like, you know, 200... 200- like, if I came up to you and said $230 million, there you go, Nick, you'd go like, no, it's fine. It's not pounds. <laughs> it hasn't got the face of Elizabeth on it. I'm not taking it. Why do I say- I did not sound like that at all. I'm just saying that's your, like, official voice. All right, fair, yeah. fair. You're starting to sound like the guy for Gangs of London. Aye. So, oh, ooh, more on that later. Right. Um. So so with this, I, yeah, if it happens,
0: it happens. I think it's weird to think that we've not really seen anything from Bugs Bunny or Daffy
1: Duck or... That I keep group. seeing stuff online as well about, like, the masks going to appear in Pennywise for it. What the fuck? Where the... F- no, don't believe this. And I'm song. like, I'm like, it, because they're trying to do, like, a Warner Brothers crossover thing? Shut sure. <laughs> up. Whatever. I don't... I, no, I, Whatever, wherever you've seen that, just burn the sauce, burn it. Um... Kill it, kill yeah. it if you have to. No, but trust me. Trust me. I, I want to burn the source, but I'm just saying that this is what has been perpetuated out there. That the, sounds bad. This is going to happen.
0: Oh yeah, in March 2020, photos taken on set of a brief recording of the rap party were leaked online, revealing that the film will feature characters from other Warner-owned properties: the Mask, the Joker, the Wicked Witch of the West, Pennywise, and Lord Voldemort. What? What?
1: What? 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 I mean, that, that just sounds like the Backstreet Boys for, like... It's <laughs> yeah. It sounds like um, they're trying to go for the Lego movie route of getting loads of different
0: characters from different, obviously, like, uh, properties and sticking them all in.
1: Let's just get all our boys in.
0: Yeah, I don't really understand how that works. No, uh, oh, I know. Me neither. Ma- mate, Pennywise in a kids' film, that'll be interesting. See how that plan pays out.
1: Um, but uh, <laughs> can't imagine it to do very well. See how many kids you've got <laughs> greeting in the foyer by fucking half time. <laughs> uh. Therapy. Um, right, moving
0: on from that, because neither of us can really give a shit about it. What else is on the list, sir?
1: So, yeah, this is the trailer that I was like, have you seen this? And then you were like, I'm worried, I haven't seen this.
0: Well, I don't know why. I think I saw a link and just didn't click on it. I'm, for some reason, clickbait just didn't work for me on that day um and i saw it and just
1: you didn't put two to two together no. that's what it is no
0: obviously not um but i've j- I actually watched it before this podcast so this is for hbo's lovecraft country so it's a tv series yep. that's coming out in august it'll be on hbo so hopefully we should get it at around the same, same time probably on sky atlantic as always is the case
1: mate give me a breakdown because i don't know what the fuck's going on it just looks horrible so it's essentially based on the lovecraft horror universe and I don't I don't know if this is part of some overarching like deal between movie theaters HBO. There's a lot of Lovecraft movies getting made just now as well, and, and certainly this this follows uh, a a young gentleman that moves state. Um, through, I don't it doesn't tell you which state is, but he's he's I don't know if he's coming back home as well. It's very sort of wishy washy in the trailer in terms of details, but essentially he comes home by the looks of things. Um, and there's a a beast terrorizing the kind of area where he lives. Um, it's set in like 1940s, 1950s, I got the kind of vibe of. 1950s, um, yeah. So, so the,
0: the, just to follow on from what you're saying, the premise so far on Wikipedia is Lovecraft Country follows Atticus Black as he joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search of his missing father, who's played coincidentally by Michael Kenneth Williams, who's Omar from The Wire, who's a massively overlooked actor and needs more work.
1: Cover your corners.
0: <laughs> this begins a struggle to survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could be ripped from the lovecraft paperback. Mate, this trailer looks fucking great.
1: It's also got a boy as executive producer, Jordan Peele.
0: Well, not only that, so executive producers, Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams are involved. Yeah, yeah, it's um, fucking metal. Mate, Yon DeMange is uh, producing the pilot and he actually did um, a couple of episodes of Top Boy and I don't know if he's down for direct but straight away like that's crazy that, that his name is going that far um, oh he will direct and produce the pilot episode the talent involved in this I'm excited like, I, the fact that I didn't know anything about it and now obviously this has all
1: happened see from the trailer did you not get the idea as well that things will be quite like episodic in terms of there's going to be a different sort of evil each time uh, what gave you that impression then so what gave me that impression was that the, the sort of Leopard looking thing that yeah. <laughs> appears to attack them from that appears to be like an overarching thing. But then right, okay. they've they've released online like the the sort of uh names of the different episodes. Okay, and it seems to be like one's called Holy Ghost, right. one's called Jigabobo, which right. is I believe a play on words. Um. There's a, a rewrite, rewind, nineteen twenty one. So I'm getting like a kind of vibe of Twilight Zone, kind of you know these sort out. of different, different sort. Of, each week, it week is going to t- tell or each episode's going to tell a story that's the same characters, but it's a different thing. Um, right. In terms of so, either uh, a different protagonist so or not,
0: you're going with like Monster of the Week, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: Um. Bit of the, possibly. Bit of the
0: yeah, a bit of the buffet. I'm I'm I don't know like to be honest. I am just excited for it because I think what's really got me interested about it is HBO recently they've turned out stuff recently that's a very dark subject matter and not and not the typical sort of stuff you would expect to see from HBO if that makes sense. Ie. Chernobyl which obviously was a, wasn't a horror story but might as well have been. But um, it was a then, fucking
1: horror, it was a real life horror story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then from there, The Outsider recently, which we, I've talked about on like previous podcasts, like that was a really interesting TV series from from Stephen Kit, like a Stephen King yeah. book, and is very had a lot of supernatural elements in it. Um, and then now we've got this, and they're all very, very intense, like full on stories. To be honest, quite you know, I've I've always said looking at sort of television in terms of horror, I've always had an issue with the likes of American Horror Story, purely because I remember being really excited to watch to get involved in this thing that's like was is now massive and my issue with it is it wasn't scary for me the horror element didn't
1: actually it's more i get more of a psychological vibe from it
0: um yeah maybe like
1: i don't know it was all like almost like a mellow
0: melodrama like sort of element to it that i just wasn't a fan of but then looking moving around obviously with streaming services and various channels and stuff when you've got shows like stranger things And we've talked about I've talked about the past, like haunting of Hill House. I think it's fucking fantastic, and everyone should watch it if you haven't seen it. I'm really interested about TV, like various networks and companies are looking to television to tell horror stories. Which, I mean, we'll both agreed, like this looks fucking great. I think this leads on to another sort of HBO property that they're like working on, which we've talked about in the past. Is they're making a Hellraiser TV series. So this is crazy that like suddenly. I don't know if a penny's dropped or what, but TV networks are... Well, HBO, obviously, specifically, are looking at horror and going, this is actually a really good venture that we've not really gone down as much as we have. I mean, there's been plenty of, you know, psychological thrillers. You've got shows like True Detective that, you know, was was chilling for the wrong reasons. Same with Chernobyl. But yeah, just, this is crazy, mate. Like, what's what's your thoughts on both this and Hellraiser, for starters? Because we talked about Hellraiser a while
1: back. Yeah. Um, oh, that was the movie, obviously. What's, what's your um, thoughts? Yeah. it's good in terms of I think it'll play quite wisely alongside a new movie in terms of you'll have the movie. People more people more likely mm. like go see a movie to be entertained for an hour, an hour and a half, and then perhaps come back yeah. and, and put the time into this companion piece, um, although it's completely separate. Mm. Um that, that that's gonna take maybe fourteen, fifteen hours of perhaps investment, depending on episode size size and so on and so forth. Um Right i i think that you know so, hbo I certainly i think they're, they're, if anything i'm worried they're producing too much because it, all i'm hearing just now is hbo are making this hbo are making that this is coming out that's coming out and you're just like how am i gonna have time to watch all this never mind <laughs> do you know it's hard enough to try to catch up on some movies but a full yeah. season like come on now mm. Yeah, well, I think I mean I, I think
0: the great thing about it to to keep in mind and consider is that it will be once a week, hopefully. Like HBO, are usually that you know they've never they never dish out series all in one. Yeah. Um, and I just I just think what will a Hellraiser t- TV series look like? Because we talked about it, when we mentioned Candyman, we mentioned Hellraiser, and how that is a unlike you know eighties, and it might look dated in certain areas, but it's I I, I think I described it as sticky. Like it's such very a sticky. gory, full-on body horror t- film, and to transfer that onto a TV, like and put
1: give it you once a week, like that's that's brave, man. Like I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, I mean, I, the reason I said a companion piece was that I'd be very interested to see them go down the route of perhaps telling us more, tell us more about what's going on yeah. with these with w with or with, with the different cenobites. What what is the reason this is the way it is? You know, go into the history yeah. of it a little bit further. Perhaps tackle unanswered questions and, and look for sort of new material that they can have as as a companion piece. You know, almost an encyclopedia of Hellraiser, um, which would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure the Necronomicon would probably be. Um, but anyway,
0: I mean to 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 follow on from what exactly what you've said, mate. Um, Variety when they broke the story of reported the prospective series will not be a reboot of Hellraiser but rather an elevated continuation and expansion of its mythology, according to sources with knowledge of the project. Um, the interesting thing about it what I said. is names like, yeah, basically, um, uh, the interesting thing is Mark Verheiden, and Michael Doherty are writing the project, while David Gordon Green, whose credits include Halloween, um, and has done work with Eastbound and Down Vice Principals, and currently The Righteous Gemstone, which is on Sky Atlantic here and HBO in America, um, is attached to direct several episodes. Mm. Um, so, and following on from this, the new project is unrelated to the big screen Hellraiser revival from Dark Knight Riot at David S. Goya, which was announced at Spyglass Media almost a year ago, a year ago. So, I don't know if it's a race to basically get to the finish line and get a pro- get a project out on, depending on which screen, small or big. Um, but yeah, that's just really, it, I, I'm just really interested to see what they do with this, because... Going back to this and like Lovecraft Country, like TV's gonna get scary, man. Like,
1: I, I would be interested to really... see them cross paths in terms of speak to each other, because yeah. at the end of the day, if you're doing that, you're going to have a richer, you know, sort of canvas of all the different ideas and different stories you can tell. I mean, what happens if these two movie the, the movie comes out and the, the the series comes out and they start conflicting each other? It's going to be it's going to look silly. Um,
0: yeah, I mean. The thing is, though, we don't know, obviously, we don't know behind closed doors what capacity, any conversations of course had, not. but it's worth mentioning that, you know, you've got this happening. You've got, I mean, I remember it was a year before last, after the Dark Tower flopped with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, Amazon were on the, pro- on the uh, prospect of making a TV series, and they made a pilot, and it never came to light, but the plan was they were going to have a series that would then lead into a film. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before about uh, Denis Villeneuve said when he signed up for Dune, I'm not making the film unless it's going to have, it. for one, it's going to be two parts and it's also going to have a series. And so I think, you know, it's undeniable people are looking at the Marvel template and going, they obviously are doing something right. People have gone from cinemas and now they're going to go to Disney Plus and they're going to queue up for WandaVision, uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon and what's the one that got Hawkeye and Loki like this is you know whilst you're exactly right in terms of they're gonna have a hopefully they'll have a massive landscape to work from it's also gonna make a ton of money because can you imagine like finishing the last episode of a tv series and then a film linked to that tv series comes out the following friday
1: yeah it'll be very interesting to see how they who's going to time who so are they going to Push one back so that one will follow the other. You know, will will the film follow the TV series or will the TV series follow the film? It's an egg and chicken style sort of thing. I think. Um, but yeah, both very
0: interesting in both those. And I think what else we got. So the big uh, one, sort of big thing that kicked off this week, and I tried really hard to rub it in Rushy's face because um, I was I just chuckled to myself at the news, and then and I, it backfired. It it backfired so dramatically that I had a massive spoonful of my Just Desserts when news got out that the war a war has begun between Universal and every cinema going, apparently. Well, big, big, massive change once. So last week it was announced that AMC won't be showing Universal films purely because Universal are now taking sort of template of, due to the success of films like The Invisible Man and uh, Trolls World Tour, they'll be showing films to stream on the same day they're at cinemas. That, that, the the issue being the cinemas that will actually be happy to show them. Because so far, at the beginning of the week, AMC backed out of that and said, we're not going to do it. AMC, to my knowledge, own Odeon. That's right. They they dropped it. And then later in the week, after I was like, ah, look at you, you got years past Russia for nothing, cinema would have said the same.
1: Bollocks. And that's pretty much your, that's pretty much your two big UK ones. If we, if we want to talk purely selfish, they're the two big UK ones. So,
0: Mate, this is madness because straight away this means like films like yeah, uh, I mean I think what did I say Bond, Fast and Furious, e- any any similar Invisible Man, Candy Bond, Man, Fast and Furious, um, Candyman, like they will not be going in cinemas. Well, it's showcasing and, and uh, sorry, CineWorld and Odeon for cinemas, which is insane because like insanity, absolute insanity, like. We, I, I mean obviously like we, we said I joked about it earlier in the week and said well you know you, you'll you end up just coming you can come with me to go to see it in Cineworld and then Cineworld have jumped on and said we 100% agree we don't feel it's right that Universal are cutting the profits that they could be making in cinemas to go and see it, see it at home you had a really interesting argument a couple of weeks back about when you saw Trolls and that you were spending 15 quid for 4 people to watch a film that would cost you 40 quid max in a cinema. Yeah. Now it's Admittedly, now it's come back and beat you in the arse a bit. What's your thoughts on this now?
1: I, I think it's good just now when we can't get to the cinema, but I think we need to keep cinemas alive purely because uh, I've worked in one, uh, and so I, I've seen it from both angles. Um, yeah, going to cin- so in terms of going to cinemas, is expensive, right? I understand that. I understand for some people even... Some people, the cinema might actually be out of reach in terms of something to go and do once a week or even once a month. It might be a, and it's a very special treat for some people. However, cinemas rely on the big pictures to bring in people and then they can try and make money off the food. Very rarely are cinemas making money off the tickets themselves. Um, So, with regards to that, you're, you're essentially stripping out the larger titles and you're leaving cinemas with what? You're, 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 you look at Universal. Universal's one of the larger players that's left. So you're stripping out, I would probably yeah. say, about a third of releases. Cinemas aren't going to be able to survive, I, I think, on less, you say... less releases. Well, you say that, mate. I mean,
0: looking in the, in the broad scheme of things, right? So, yeah, you're right. Universal have got a massive corner of the market. To a point, because you know straight away, I'm just pop films are popping in my head that Universal won't be showing in cinemas. So, like you said, Candyman, but like the next Jurassic Park sequel, Jurassic World sequel, that won't be going. That won't be up. But then, particularly with uh, cinemas, their saving grace will be they've got that Disney and and essentially Disney and Fox, Fox owned by Disney, will be showing. They'll be showing those films, and then you've got Warner Brothers to an extent, I suppose. But like, that's still, I just, I can't understand. I can't imagine, for one, there is no way in hell I would sit down to watch a Fast and Furious film or Jurassic World at home. No. We've talked, we've talked about it in the past about, I, we cannot wait to actually go back to a cinema and have that experience and that genuine, like, communal joy of watching a film and laughing at the right moments and jumping at the scary ones and to have this happen. Like, we talked about, I talked about a couple of weeks back about I really want to take my dad uh, to see Bond for his birthday. Yeah. That won't happen now. Like, can you imagine not seeing a Bond film in a cinema? What the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's so what? it's
1: so strange, and it's it's totally. But it, for the cinemas, it's the right call. In order to say like, look, right. we're not we're not putting up with it because they're going to lose out on loads of money. Mm. And that, that I, I it, think it's the right call. It's the for now. What sorry, it's the right call. Just to clarify, the sorry. right call to what? The right to, call to... to say we're not going to show them right okay because they're, 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 they're basically saying to the the, the studios otherwise i just you do what you like and we'll just take the scraps from the table it, right. it needs to be a partnership so they need to say like you can have this and then it'll come out on 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 i mean even if they said cinema release one week or two weeks and then it comes out on digital mm. which it's not that far from at the moment in terms of I know that digital releases have moved a lot further forward now than physical releases um we're, right. we're in lockdown just now it's good for the the lockdown environment that they are releasing stuff and and we can watch um you know movies as as we go um and we can, we're getting new things come out because God knows we need that it. it's it's not good when we go back to normal well what will be inverted commas normal. Um, we're living right. that we're not going to have these cinemas packed to their afters on, on opening nights I mean you only have to look yeah. at the thing we talked about last week about the Marvel Endgame part yeah. and, and how th- that cinema was like a fucking football field you know what I mean it was like mm-hmm. nuts Um, it actually made me a little bit anxious because I was like I would not like to sit in there I like a quiet cinema right. but <laughs> right. Um, it, it's it, it's very much a case that the reactions and the experience is what you're looking for. I'm not going to have that same experience yeah. sitting on my couch. Even if I'm watching it with mm-hmm. other people, I'm not going to have that experience. It comes from yeah. going, getting your popcorn, sitting down, not making too much noise so you don't piss me off and I don't hook you, um, <laughs> and enjoying a movie. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. is Tenant coming out by Warner Brothers as well? Uh, Tenets, yeah, Tenets, Warner Brothers.
0: So that's that fucked. So that's that's. it. Well, no, because it's Universal, there. Uh...
1: Oh right, okay, right, okay, that's fine then. Sorry, I got I got confused. My red my red, my red mist fell in, and I was like, oh, that's it. Just from a statement,
0: um, a statement that was um, uh, the Independent who wrote the st- when did the story on it, and um, a statement from Cineworld said, "Our policy with respect to the window is clear, well known in the industry, and is part of our commercial deal with our movie suppliers." We invest heavily in our cinemas across the globe and this allows the movie studios to provide customers all around the world to watch movies in the best experience. There is no argument that the big screen is the best way to watch a movie. Universal unilaterally chose to break our understanding and did so at the height of the COVID-19 crisis when our businesses closed, more than 35,000 employees are at home and when we do not yet have a clear date for the reopening of our cinemas. Today we make it clear that we will not be showing movies that fail to respect the windows as it does not make any economic sense for us. We have full confidence in the industry's current business model. No one should forget the theatrical side of the industry generated an all-time record income of 42 billion last year dollars, and the movie distributors' share of this was about 20 billion. I mean, there's a massive numbers, but let's just really factor in who made who, like how much of that was from who? Do you know what I mean, like, yeah, Disney probably put a couple of good chunks in there, and Marvel. Do you know what I mean, like stuff like that? I'm like. Mm. Yeah, that's fine, but you know, I mean, to put it put, put, to add more numbers to it, so Universal have uh, revealed also in following on from this big statement that the Troll sequel, which was released on the tenth of April, has since made an estimated a hundred million in North America alone. Um, that's just money. From, so that's just be, yeah, and that's just been at home. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's I can see I can see arguments for both sides, really. Can I just put um, one more
1: point on as a caveat? So yeah, go on the 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 main thing I can I can understand that, Odeon, AMC, Cineworld will be worried about is this could just be the beginning.
0: So, yeah, hundred you know, percent. and I think that's why 100%. they're like,
1: we're not, not going to show them. Then if that's the way it's going to be, I think they've just basically mm. they've drawn their line in the sand and said this is this is where we are, and it is what it is. I suppose we we as outsiders can't really say much more than and let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah. Yeah. unfortunately i mean as long as to, to, you know there's plenty of other films like we've said I, you know it's fucking hilarious that tenet still hasn't had its state budged because christopher Nolan is adamant that that film is coming out on the day that they've said um whether there'll be anyone allowed to go into a cinema to actually watch it is yet to be seen but yeah man i just i, I think i think all we can do is what exactly what you said like let the chips fall and wait for the day when we actually can go back to cinemas yeah. because those numbers, i mean god the numbers for the for the first couple of weeks of being actually able to walk into a cinema will be astronomical um and universal might go you know what maybe we're a bit hasty as it will be with everything uh, man
1: like we'll be yeah, so yeah. sick of being in the house we'll probably all just fuck off yeah. it'll be, you know we'll be a fucking <laughs> I'll be a home invasion <laughs> dream
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll See, um mate so you as well uh, last but not least in terms of news you put something on uh, near the tail end and I know nothing about this so break it down nothing for me, at all you please.
1: so it's just something that's came out came out in the last couple of days that you I'm going to butcher the fucking pronunciation of his name you sang ho uh right. the man in charge of train at Busan and uh, the new follow-up Peninsula is actually making a series for Netflix it's going to be a horror right horror-based um this seems to be the kind of the, everybody's going this route. So, you know, HBO's <laughs> on it. Netflix, are like, fuck, we need to start making stuff. So they're they Although you could say that Netflix were ahead of that because they obviously started writing Stranger Things, and apparently Stranger, yeah, well, Stranger, Things, Stranger Things series four is apparently going to be the scariest yet. Um, from what I hear, yeah, uh, will So this this new series anyway, going uh, back to what I was talking about, it's called Hellbound. Right. Um, and it, it's a new series, and it's going to adapt um it's a Korean webtoon called hell right um and it talks about surviving uh social chaos uh it's a group of supernatural beings and they condemn people to hell sounds delightful it's um
0: a new li- i'm just looking at this story so this is from empire a new religious group inter- interprets them as the will of the this sounds
1: mad i mean it,
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i mean we talked you we talked at length last week about um, Trained to be sound, a banging that was. Um, this, I, I mean, limited information at the minute. Your excitement levels so far, where are you? Quite high. Top, middle, or
1: bottom? Top, middle, or bottom, cool. to quote Michael <laughs> Um So I would say I'm excited, but need to know more. Cool. Whereas yeah, with that yeah. Lovecraft country, that was like the taster menu of what, what that's going to be yeah. about. And I was like, I'll take two doggy bags to go, thank you.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, the thing—the the, obviously the thing to factor in in this—is we don't know when production will start on it, purely because of current circumstances. And at the minute, yeah, like Netflix, Netflix—we've said Stranger Things, Haunting of Hill House. You watched The Kingdom, didn't you? We talked about. It. Did we mention this a while back? We
1: mentioned it. I haven't. I haven't yet. watched it, buddy. So I'm not right. going to be able to give you so. <laughs>
0: I thought you'd no, I thought no, I thought you'd watched it for no, some reason. No, you mentioned um, it to
1: me, and I said, "Oh, do you mean the movie?" And and I right. I, I didn't think you meant <laughs> the Jamie Fox classic. Yeah, I did not think you meant the movie. Horror horror seems to be the new the new period drama because for a while it was all period drama.
0: Horror is the way to go, and out of those, mate, so far, so on this list, so we've got Hellraiser, Lovecraft Country, and whatever, what, Hellbound. Um, where's where's your most and use it like where's your your interest lie the most?
1: My interest would 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 have to lie with what I've seen, and and that's Lovecraft Lovecraft right. Country because mm. uh, the other things I haven't seen anything about. I only know tidbits about it. Although obviously Hellraisers are a yeah. uh, intellectual property that's current and you know is there. Um, I would say I would go with that. I, I like to experience something new. Cool. Nice.
0: So that's pretty much all the news for this week. There's been a lot of it, as we've said, which is great. Review wise, we didn't unfortunately we didn't see Chris Hemsworth kicking anyone else nope. this week. Um that's done stupid numbers yeah, by the it's way. It's
1: done insane amount of numbers. Like
0: It's the biggest it's their biggest Netflix release ever. Out of all the things they've had. Um I mean it doesn't surprise me the least. It's not great, but it doesn't you know chris hemsworth has got his name on it so it's obviously gonna make a shit
1: just to highlight that that includes the irishman which is a fucking massive yeah. picture not just the <laughs> length of time that it's on for but <laughs> but i think i think that and i suppose that's the very reason probably why it's done so well
0: is because it was a it literally a wam bam thank you mam like a friday night popcorn film and they've got it on the right place at the right time off the um, bridge <laughs> off the bridge he goes did he make it we don't know um Mate, I watched. We I mentioned it last week uh, to you off podcast, but I, was, and I completely forgot to highlight it um, last episode. But I've been watching uh, defending Jacob on Apple TV Plus. So that's this is me like a mild little review about it. If you don't,
1: no, it's fine. Cool. I don't mind. It's got our favourite. It's got our favourite man in it anyway. <laughs> Snow Pearson shield, shield carrying. Sweater wearing murderer who is shit at it. Chris Evans. <laughs>
0: That's exactly it. Apple TV Plus released. I think we're now into the third episode, third or fourth episode. I think of Defending Jacob, which is based on a book of the same name. It's got Chris Evans in like top top billing as the father of a son who is accused of murdering another classmate. Um, and he he's I think he's um a district attorney who's taken off the case immediately, obviously for, for the obvious reasons. And it's all about Trying to confirm whether his kid is actually a piece of shit
1: or are you are are you not guilty?
0: And man, very interesting sort of story to be honest, because it deals with a lot of interesting elements that seem to be prominent with a lot of murder mysteries of recent. Where it is, you know, straight away, in fact, a lot of the elements from Outsider, where is the the neighbouring area completely ostracised the potential suspect. Do you know what I mean? He immediately comes the black sheep and can't be trusted. Um, he definitely did it and like it's, it's guilty until proven innocent, um, unfortunately and yeah, the, uh, the book um, has actually like done the rounds, it came out in 2012 and it's worth mentioning that The Son is played by uh, I can't believe his name um, it's, it's, it's the, the kid, kid from it, at, is it not? He's, the, he's one of the
1: Yeah, it's Jay, Jaden Martell, Martell we got there
0: yeah, so he um he's the he's the accused and it's very much like he's got all the necessary traits to go, You're not quite right, are you? Do you know what I mean? Very antisocial, um, very skewed perspective on certain scenarios and thinking that, you know, for example, he thinks carrying a knife's no big deal. Um, when all the memoriams come out after this kid's you know, mysteriously been left in a wood. Um Everyone's like, such a great classmate. God, he's gonna be so he's gonna be so missed. And he just pipes up on Facebook. None of you liked him anyway. Why are you saying this? And then straight away, all of his classmates turn on him as a result of that. And it's like, is this an element of your your internal nature? And as a result, you know, the parents start to look look at their son very differently. Michelle Dockery's um, uh, Laurie Barber, and as we said, Chris Evans is and and so far, like four episodes in, it's a bit slow paced. Um, Jaden Martell's, like got that uncomfortable in his own skin teenager thing down, but too much. Like, almost like waving a flag of going, Yeah, I've, I've, clearly I've done it. But then, do you know what I mean? Like, my, my, my doubts and questioning of each episode isn't really doing it, but it's. Is
1: it a false flag kind of thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's very much like, you know, as I mentioned, seen, being seen in the public eye, but the public eye is absolutely massive because of social media and stuff can go. Go out very quickly, um. But it's also been revealed this week that coincidentally, uh, Andy, who's the de- who's Chris Evans, his dad, was actually, um, sent to jail for murder. And it's straight away, it's like they will use this in the trial, and it's like, fuck oh, how interesting is that that something that completely is not connected to the son to two generations later they will use that in a trial, and it's not got that far yet, uh, or I've not seen that far ahead, um. But I mean, the cast is interesting because it's got you know uh, J.K. Simmons is actually Chris is is the dad in question, and there's just bit, I mean, great cast, really really beautifully shot at times. But there's just some elements in it where I'm like, this is a bit ropey. Um, I'm just hoping to see it picks up a bit sooner. Uh, I don't know how many episodes there are queued up, but it's four so far. So if you've got Apple TV Plus, stick it, watch this, mate. You haven't got it. Is there? Are you looking at it as like there's not there's too many streaming services, or is there anything on there that's caught your eye um, on Apple TV
1: that you? No, it's just there's too much, man. Like you know, I, I hate to sound like somebody that says, or oh, I don't know what what to watch. But sometimes it is a case of there's that much coming at you that you're just like I, I can't I can't separate this out. And I, I I can't pick anything to watch. Um, it's it's very difficult.
0: I mean, you said you talked, you've said the sort of like past two weeks you've been smashing through Buffy. Besides that, what's your? Is there anything relatively new you've been watching on streaming services and stuff that you've made an attempt to actually get stuck into, or is there just
1: nothing that's really, you know? No, I mean, I, t- I tried watching that Gangs of London. Oh, um, ah, right. So yeah, what was so your verdict on this, w- mate? Turned it off, man.
0: <laughs> so how many episodes in did you get?
1: I got to episode five and turned it off. Right. What I finished episode five and turned it off. No, no, actually, I got to episode <laughs> six and turned it off. Sorry, my apologies. No, no, because I thought I'm being hasty. I'll give it another episode. And right. I was just, thought, oh fuck off! This is right. just ridiculous. Right. Okay. So we talked about in the past few weeks how
0: the raid is like the second coming for action films, and this yeah. is from the same guy. Why? Why is this rubbed you up the wrong way in comparison to to his, his early works?
1: It's, it's, it's not, it's, a, it, right, so it, the action part of it, right, is good on its mm-hmm. own. Yeah. Fair, fair does love that, right? But then you, you're trying to push that into a gritty gang, gangland police investigation, grounded in reality tale. Yeah. And you're pushing these two things together. And for me, they're just at a juxtaposition that they can't go together. They just okay. can't mesh. Everyone running about, firing on full auto constantly, and I'm just <laughs> like, "What? What? Like, what's going on here?" Like, so going away how, from how, actual,
0: going away from logistics in terms of like real to life.
1: So story-wise, you, the story's not same. The story elements of it are good, and the guy who you flagged out, Elliot, is I think he's brilliant in it. The guy that plays Sean. I don't know if it's the way I'm hearing it, but his accent changes. And I don't know if that's an, an acting choice. <laughs> I, I, right. I don't know if it's an acting it's an acting choice, right? Or is he really, really posh when he's talking to some people? And then when he's talking to other people, he's putting on like a fruit seller's bloody, like, all right, mate. You know what I mean? It's,
0: it's weird. Like, I don't know, because it says here that he's actually, I didn't realise, he's actually from um, Kingston. So he's he's been quite sort of, he's a man of like many talents. Like he was in green room and he was in hang the DJ a black maker episode. And he was also, he's also been in he's one of the Shelby brothers in Peaky blinders. So he's got yeah sort of a, a fucking Birmingham accent in that whilst they're all, all those are questionable. Um, I, I, he's, he threw me out of this constantly whilst he's got, he's clearly got a good presence and he can hold a tense scene he for one didn't didn't uh, at no point did i believe he was part of that family yeah he his younger uh, younger brother i think
1: uh as like pete (laughs) Dockerty.
0: yeah the pete Doherty fucking clone um uh is i believe to be an absolute you know joke the black sheep of the family the fuck up um yeah but it was weird, man. He's just Joe Cole is is c isn't in that character as Sean is just he doesn't sit right with me. It just I just couldn't believe it. Soap Dorisu, as we've talked about as um as Elliot, like give that guy an action film. Give him any top no, character. Fab. He is fucking amazing in this film, in this series, sorry. And I'm not like I stand here and will say he is he is a perfect John Stewart Green Lantern.
1: Like yeah, I deal. I back that up. Back Uh, that up. The um, best part, I think, is when he's sitting talking to his dad.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And he's sitting, like, doing the pretend raps on his hands and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Fallen Idol kind of thing. I think, I
0: mean, uh, I talked about last week about how there were comparisons with the raid, and I think, personally, I feel that, story-wise, as far-fetched as it is and ludicrous at times as it is, there are a lot of elements from the raid 2 in this. You've got an undercover cop going deep in the gang ranks and, you know, Various families have got various top enforcers and stuff that have got their own sort of signature stuff. Um, I don't know, like, I, I really enjoy... I I think I'm very much on your side. Like, I enjoyed the action, and the action was that good that it, it swayed me to continue watching. Um, admittedly, yeah. it does start to dwindle, like, near the tail end of the series. Like, it, there's just... There's, I think it goes for the last two episodes. I mean, there's nine episodes in total. And for the last two... There's nothing that stuck out for me in terms of.
1: I, I really, I really enjoyed that pub fight scene. That was good. Yeah, but I, I didn't enjoy the action. Like, time they brought a gun man. into it, I was right. like, no. Nah. Right. Not, not, not having it. Right. Like, okay. Dani- We're Danish special forces. We're just going to attack in a straight line. This cottage. Yeah. I see. I, I personally. We're going to come out. We're not all black. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but I think, I think. Why did, why did you not just do the thing with the roof to start with? Just do that to start with. I don't know. Rather man, than just opening fire,
0: I think I think Gareth Evans is clearly and you know, look at films like the Raid and three two and this. He is a guy who looks at the visuals and the aesthetics of stuff and goes, "That looks cool," and that's it. And how can I yeah. ramp it up? I mean, personally, I think episode five is like one of the best episodes of TV I've seen. Oh yeah, purely because I can't believe that exists on TV. But yeah, understandable, mate. Um, but I it railed I, me it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for bringing it up. I apologize. Um, sorry, it's fine. If you've got if you've got time and and fancy a free week on Apple TV, uh, defending Jacob might fit the bill. But yeah, so far I'm going to hold out and see how it goes. What else we got to talk about? Aha. Partly, Aha. Oh, what else we got? Oh, the Last Dance. Shit. You know what? I had, I just added that halfway through this podcast as well to talk about. You've watched this, mate. Yeah. I've not touched any of it. How good is it? Because everyone I know that's watched it has got so, this
1: is brilliant. caveat. I I I am watching it. I've not right. watched all of it. Okay, because um, cool. it's but it's it once it's, it's once a week anyway. Yeah. So it's basically following the 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 kind of tail end of Michael Jordan's career and right. what happened with regards to the Bulls. And it's weird that it kind of has a sort of tangential link to the way that Moneyball plays out. Right, and okay. that they do talk about right. Okay. You've got Michael Jordan, who is the best basketball player on the planet at that time. Mm -hmm. Hands down, he's running loops around every day and he can't be caught. However, the team around him is completely dejected. So how how are they going to manage that? And it's about what happened in the internal politics of that. What I'm getting from the documentary is that they get rid of Michael Jordan to try and make the rest of the team better. Ah, right, okay. Interesting. Or they they they, they tried. To, I don't think getting rid of is probably a very strong term, but they they kind of worked out a way of Michael leaving the team to then the team actually growing, so they could have a full grown team. Because obviously, if you put all your eggs in that Michael Jordan basket, yeah, then he then he breaks his leg. Yeah. The team's nothing. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, you know what? I've not watched it myself yet, but it reminded that I was getting a lot. Um. I was getting a, a similar vibe from a documentary that came out a while ago in 2013 called the class of 92. And it's, act, it's right. about um uh that's essentially about the six key players of Man United in 92. So it's David Beckham, Nicky Buck, Ryan Giggs, Phil Neville, Paul Scholes and Gary Neville. And it's interviewing all of them and basically saying, this is how we work together. And then how they obviously all went off in their area. And, you know, and I think this this seems to be doing that sort of thing, so if, like in terms of what you've said in terms of links to Moneyball and how one key player can elevate the team and take that out what you do following that. what's it giving you sort of in the perspective of basketball, like are you a fan of it prior to this, or is it very much like Moneyball in terms of it's a sport you've got no interested in, but now you want to watch more?
1: It's an alien sport to me. I've never really watched um i've played more video games of basketball than i've I've never watched a game of basketball Got i mean i'm not a big sports guy at the, the best of times but right. essentially it, it gives you a good a good insight into how life would be if you were in the nba right. um is it something that everyone would enjoy i would say yes because right. michael jordan is big enough a name that he transcends the sport he originated in. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's a reason why he's the only person as a like well, apart from Janoski, but he is the only person that has Nike's named after him. You know what I yeah. mean? Like Nike Air Jordan. You know, yeah, it's a full, it's a full range. Um, at this point, I think I think it's really good that like
0: Netflix have got this on. I think it, I don't know what channel it's shown in America. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or not. But um, but yeah, I really want to watch it. It's just and it goes back to what you're saying, man. There's just too many fucking channels with too many like too many streaming services with too many things to watch um
1: but i like how netflix are doing that like they're diving about so they've got they've got like all their murder mystery stuff yeah then they've got ti- the tiger king <laughs> <I think laughs> yeah. and then and then they've got you know like they've they, even ages ago like stuff like that making a murderer and stuff like that you know yeah. they, 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 they've got loads of different avenues that if you're whatever you're feeling like you can kind of go there and, and hopefully get something that you're going to enjoy
0: mm. yeah definitely
1: um 8, yeah. 80 million, he'll sit and design a couple of pairs of shoes a year or you know what I mean yeah and he doesn't I mean obviously he doesn't design the fucking shoes but you mm. know he gives the guy He, he head goes, I'll put I'll put my name in that you know what yeah. I mean yeah signs he's he's Michael Jordan I was going to say he's John Hancock but I thought I'll just say Michael Jordan but yeah craziness signs his name on it so it how is. many how
0: many episodes in are you with this a two two right and like I say it's once a week okay interesting um well i got time to catch up i suppose not like i'm doing much else (laughs) um but yeah uh so moving on from that mate you we had in fact
1: let's go we're going to start we're going to start something new right so essentially what we were thinking was news is starting to slow down releases aren't happening as it were so what we're going to start doing is we're going to start looking at directors and our works in a sort of in a sort of serial aspect starting in the beginning, working our way right through, it did start off as a bit of a kind of death match of <laughs> movies, however me and, Malik, me and Nick, me and Nick quickly, dis- quickly decided that that probably is not the best idea if one of us wants to keep a fucking head, so <laughs> you know <laughs> um,
0: But we were trying to, we were like racking the brains on which director to go through and we sort of when we landed on one director purely for the I, I, think, I think it comes down to, mate, the accessibility of him and that yeah. you look back at the, his career and it's just the maddest mixed bag of films, really. I mean, you, you sort of sent me a message going, fucking hell, like, the films he's done, it's crazy. Um, if The fucking Nostalgia King. <laughs> um, we are, of course, referring to um, one of the, undeniably one of the greatest storytellers of our time, Steve Spielberg. Paul Verhoeven.
1: <laughs> Paul
0: Verhoeven, what a class. No, uh, It's Spielberg. all
1: going to be Robocop and Crusader and all that stuff.
0: Exactly. But like, we, so we started, we settled on Steven Spielberg and when it was coming up for the debate of which film to argue the toss with, um, personally, I was having an the issue cause too, there's just too many films to pick from. But what was even more interesting was, I think I got the vibe from you and it was leading into sort of an educating, Russia-esque discussion is that there are, would you say there are quite a lot of Spielberg films you've not seen at all?
1: I would say that a fourth, a quarter of right. Spielberg films I have not seen. Cool,
0: and I mean I'm excited for this people because there's so many films that I've not of his that I've not watched in ages. Um, that I'm looking forward to go back through. But as Rushi said, we are going back to the beginning, and the first entry I've not seen is this correct, Mister Ridley?
1: That is correct.
0: Um, so first film is uh, is Jewel basically this was a TV movie that was released in America in 71 and then got wild release in Europe in 73, um, in Europe. And for those that don't know, that's
1: mental, that's a TV movie. Did you you know, did you You know my mind? Really? No, I didn't
0: know that. Mate. So, so, so many fucking interesting details about this. So for those that don't know, Jewel was Steven Spielberg's first film, um, for TV. This was actually after, um, his breakthrough sort of TV, uh, Gig that he got. Do you know what his? Do you know what one of his biggest ones was, mate? Was it not on the Twilight Zone? No. Well, he did the first episode of Columbo. Oh. And from there, right, okay. He he basically um, he he got he read this. So his assistant came to him with a story from Playboy magazine called Jewel about a salesman on a road on driving to go going to a job and get, tries to overtake a, a, a truck driver. And the truck driver, not very happy about it, continues to essentially drive this guy off the road. And you messaged me after watching it like, holy shit, you can see everything in his career in this film.
1: And And you can, man. It's scary. It's (laughs) it's actually scary. Yeah. And then you can see how this movie influences later works of other people. Yeah. It's insanity
0: so what did you get from it on first viewing no nothing about it what's your what's your perspective because i for starters mate I, I always love every week suggesting a film to you that you've not seen and coming back and going fucking hell, this is brilliant
1: so where does this so that you can live vicariously through me mate i just i, I just love it i just think it's so good for so essentially this film. podcast is like get out <laughs> and you're like cutting my brain out and fucking <laughs> implanting yourself in my fucking brain is
0: that you There's a scary place
1: to be. Um, that, but yeah, that is scary.
0: <laughs> so first viewing, what did you what do you think?
1: It's such a simple premise. Yeah. A guy, a guy overtakes somebody. He doesn't overtake him badly either. Probably no. does a very good job. <laughs> I don't drive. I don't know. Right. But you know, he's out there, in Mojave Desert and all that. Yeah. Driving about, and he overtakes this truck that looks like the vehicle of droopers uh, creepers. Right. Yes. So he overtakes us. pure manky truck and the, the the funniest thing about that is that see how when he is behind the truck and the, the it's obviously giving off like heavy diesel fumes
0: yeah
1: yeah he, he starts like choking in in the car right but then there's a very interesting bit where it shows him choking it then shows the exhaust pipe mm. almost to be like showing you that character's thought of right. oh that's what's causing that yeah I'm yeah. gonna take over this guy. So that I can get around them and then and then continue my journey, mm. and then from there it becomes this just bullying of the bigger the bigger, um, truck, which is then conveyed almost as a weapon. Yeah. You know, there's very sort of threatening close-ups of the tires, and it runs along the side of the the vehicle. You know, mm. as he's passing the vehicle, almost to be like, is he going to move? Is there yeah. a, you know, amping the tension up, and then once he gets past him, he thinks it's fine, but then it. It escalates even further from there. Um, it's such a simple premise and there's very little dialogue outside of this guy's head. Yes, yeah, that's the other thing it, I was going
0: to bring up. Um, because so originally, Big Steve actually wanted to cut fifty percent of the dialogue out of the film. Um, and the TV light network was really reluctant to do so because they were just saying like people haven't got the attention span for TV because it's only. I mean, the film itself it was actually more. Uh, I think it ran like 70 minutes so it's not even that It's
1: an, you know it's an hour and 10 minute film which is crazy and like you said 74 you, minutes the TV version I think that's the crazy. version I watched was 89 minutes though
0: that's crazy um,
1: and yeah for he's, for Steven Spielberg's first
0: effort I think straight away the vibe you get is this is Jaws on the road
1: yeah 100% you know when it, and then he starts checking behind him checking in front of him mm-hmm. you know Where's it's, this truck going to come from next? But it's it's various other interesting elements, like you've said.
0: There's no dialogue, there's very little dialogue in it apart from like the like, inside his own head, paranoid about why this is happening, what I've had done. But great elements of like Rushi was saying about when he drives past the car, the, the actual truck. It, it, Spielberg, like, does this great, you know, he's, I mean, it, sounds, it sounds weird, like, doesn't he do well? well of course he did, because it's Steven Spielberg. But like, he drives, we're driving past it, you. It, you are sort of engulfed by the sheer size of this thing. And it's yeah. it is it's all brown and rusty and, and archaic. And it's like it's essentially like a monster on the road. And the other really clever element of it is that you never see the driver. This truck is yeah. an is an entity that is following him. And what was great is, I mean, a lot of people compared it to very like Hitchcockian in terms of it's, you know, even some, you know, even some of the score in it, there's a very much like a psycho element near the end that I was like, this does... I was
1: going to say that. This, this does... does like a, a <laughs> Strings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and the, when it's like, when the, the tensions start, to ramp up, I was going to say that. I mean, it's just, it's just, I think it's crazy. Like I read an interview, um, uh,
0: Empire did an interview when they did a special issue purely on Spielberg and Edgar Wright interviewed him and basically said that Baby Driver was... Uh, uh, Jewel was a huge influence on Baby Driver in how Spielberg essentially brings life to to a vehicle, you know, and and how he sort of handles the camera going around scenes, because the clever thing about it as well is that whilst this is a really long journey for this guy getting chased by this demonic truck that, of a faceless driver, is he was using one strip road and constantly just going up and down it, and anytime time... Basically, any time there were close-ups on him, there were cameras being used to get shots of the car that would later be used. But other shots that were reversed when he's driving down the other side of the road, and he was just being essentially really economic in how he how he filmed it. Um, but like you say, such a basic plot, so minimal cast. And what was your? I wanted to get your thoughts on um, when he actually makes the pit stop into the bar and the truck. Driver yeah, pulls and up. he's trying
1: to sauce people out. <laughs> And so, and he's only he's only seen the guy's boots from before, but when he's in the petrol station, yeah, when the guy asks him if he wants a radiator hose, and he says, "How many times have I heard that before?" Yeah, which I mean, you know that comes back to bite him in the ass. Well,
0: as well, I mean that's a really great element of storytelling in itself because that I look at yeah. that and then look at Die Hard of making fists with his toes, and yeah, how that then ends up later down the line. You know, I I just I think it's I think it's crazy that you know. To look back on someone as big as Spielberg and see that first film and go shit, like this is this is literally the workings of a master in his infancy, like really going into something that's so simple and is almost like a horror film.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I mean there is elements of horror, especially when he's in that um, sort of like petting zoo yeah, place, yeah, and it, it drives through the animal cages and there's a rattlesnake there and the woman's chasing about all the the animals. Um, and there's that bit where he's in the actual, he's in the the phone booth, you know, calling, and yeah. you can see the truck coming and coming, and you're thinking, can he see the truck coming? <laughs> is he going to get out of there? Like, wh- what is going on here? Like, I mean, yeah, it's um, just... and I, I, I okay. mean a comparison between that and the Matrix,
0: right? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's course. a bit in the Matrix
1: with the, the phone booth, of oh, course uh, Yeah, quite
0: that's
1: a, quite a weird. That's a definite nod. A weird thing. Um and I liked how you know the car became a character. Yeah, through its use of like its its warning lights and its bells and its whistles and the, the it doesn't have actual bells and whistles, but you know what I mean. Yeah, the 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 buttons and the the radio as well became a kind of character. You know, almost like the comedy relief for the guy himself when he's like in the car and he's laughing away at the radio. Um, it it, it was like it's it's just so weird to see that, you know. Such an accomplished director we know now in his first sort of major movie. Obviously, did short films and TV before yeah, that, yeah. having so many bits in place that he now does. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, so. Ra- sorry, go on. I was just going to say, rather than do point of you know at someone's point of view, he does a lot of kind of very tight close-ups on people, and like you said as well, he did. You know, he made the truck feel larger than life by only. F- you know filming a certain part of it so it fills the screen yeah you know and it, it it's it's so it, you know you can see that if you look at things like jurassic park mm. when what do you see you see the t-rex's foot first to give yeah. that impression of this, this is, is how big it, big it is, is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i think as well i mean there's a great there's a i love that there's a really great shot of going actually going under the the, the like base of the truck and you can see everything turning the, and, and like it's essentially you're going under its innards. It's like going under, like exactly what you said. It's like going under the underside of a dinosaur. And what's really great, or is- or like a dragon flying yeah, yeah, over the top exactly, or something like that, exactly. I mean? like a, a monster. Yeah, and it's I th- it, you're under the belly of the beast. Like Ex- that exactly. It's I mean the great a really great element is um, the final sort of big big third act is when when you know this story of what Spielberg himself com- refers to as like a David and Goliath story. When Goliath does get it, uh, there was really sort of big pushes and shoves between Spielberg and the studio for the the climax to be a big explosion and to see this thing go up in flames and, and have the hero like, you know, cheer into the fucking heavens going, I've done it but instead it's quite the opposite. Um and it, it amplifies that thing of this thing is a this truck is a monster because there's shots of it like broken and in a heap on the ground and you can see the oil leaking from it like it's blood. And, and another interesting element is when it falls, the sound that you hear, which is almost monster-like, is the same sound they use when the shark starts to descend after it's blown up in jaws. So even then, <laughs> even then he's taking bits from, you know, he, he says in the interview with um, Edgar Wright, I honestly like really recommend reading he learns from everything he does and he will take certain bits and pieces, which is, you know, if it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what take I mean? Take stuff, take it, stuff it, forward to Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, would you, I mean, for for people that obviously, you know, Spielberg, everyone knows who Spielberg is. For people that haven't seen this, would you recommend it?
1: I would say it's essential viewing. All right. That, that's cool. If you, I, I, if you like, like your, your Spielberg stuff. Yeah. I think you need to see when he first started, and like mm. obviously when I started looking at this in terms of Spielberg, I thought, right, we'll just start with Jaws. That's the best way to start. <laughs> we're off to a fucking, we're off to the essays. Let me talk to you about how this film looks amazing, but the shot looks shit. <laughs> and it's so funny again, bringing it back to the story. The story's so basic. Yeah. It's road rage. Yeah. That turns yeah. deadly. Massively, you know I mean? Massive. Another thing I I thought about as well when I was watching this I was like this is just death, this is just death proof, right? Okay, you know what I mean? Like the, the same sort of the same sort of like um, camera uh, sort of trickery same sort of camera angles the same sort of views when he's on the road and so on like the kind of hubcap shops shots sorry, um, and the kind of like you know the the long vistas and uh of the kind of scenery with the cars at the same time um i thought it had a lot of sort of similarities of the shoot the, sh- the shooting aspects and I, the cinematography of death proof
0: i think i think there's just various elements in it where you can really pick it apart and go you know people, oh yeah 100 people people obviously say people look to the greats to try and replicate that and i think you can see i mean god you can see stuff like mad max in there you can see fiori rose like round the corner oh yeah yeah um even the, the actual design of the truck um now obviously George Miller was like pretty much kicking off around the same time so it's not really a massive jump but it's i just think it's really impressive and a testament to what he was going to become when you can turn an inanimate object into a into what is like feels like a living breathing thing Do you know what i mean it's like you yeah. say the fumes it's spitting out it's breathing like this thing is chugging along down the road gets pissed off and hunts Bleeding this fire. guy down yeah. yeah and hunts this guy down and i love little details like on the um on the front of the truck there's license plates from various locations to suggest are these are they pre- are those previous victims is he is he carrying yeah, it around uh, yeah. like ears around his neck do you know what I mean like little things that, like that
1: yeah yeah that's exactly what i was going to say is <laughs> like ears around his neck um, oh man <laughs> But yeah I, just, I got chills man I got chills <laughs> but I loved I love the
0: bar scene because like Rushy was saying so there's a point where he stops off the truck the truck driver does stop off at the same gas station and they see his boots and then later on after after numerous sort of heated interactions yet again he finds him in a well thinks he's found him in a diner and all these guys are sat down um, lined up and he's looking at the shoes trying to figure out who it is and he goes up to apologize to people to apologize to people and he's like mate I don't know who the fuck you are what are you're talking about um but yeah, just little no he's on drugs yeah just little details man that just it's just a great little film and i'd highly recommend it like you let's be honest you you might have very much might have quite a lot to watch but this should go on the list i think um
1: but yeah so
0: what's the deal then mate with spielberg stuff are we going to be doing this every week now do you feel like doing that or yeah All we'll right we'll just
1: do that every week we'll, we'll, we'll slot it into the, the kind of every week uh running order sugarland express is um
0: is next on the but, but yeah, so this is the the way we're going. We're have, we're gonna have Spielberg Sundays basically, um, which is just
1: spot. I called it Spotlight on Spielberg. I like that.
0: That's also good. Um, yeah. But is that everything checked and dotted and crossed off, mate? It
1: pretty much is, mate. It's uh, another Sunday. I've got a an nice wee curry in the slow cooker, and oh. I'm just you know happy as Larry. Very jealous. Um, I've oh what have I got? I made some Nando's chicken yesterday and I, I made, ooh.
0: mate, you know when you cook, and you're like, I'll just check to see if that's, if that's been cooked, and you cut into it, and have a bite, and you're like, yeah, that's, that seems, it's alright, I'll just make sure, and again though, and just have another bite. Seven yep. chicken thighs later, um, I've still got some
1: left. Um, ooh, ooh. It's tasty. It's a stunning, a bit better food porn now.
0: <laughs> um, but mate, I feel like as well, it's worth mentioning, uh, the honourable mention, uh, to Mr. Swakes, who, he's the guy that has set me up with uh, the real good website um and he's helped us out with a lot of few a lot of things recently um and he's a freelance web designer his link will be on the podcast description um check him out because he's been a massive help and we love him
1: uh thank you very much swake um but that's yeah, thank you so much for all your for all your technological neo help
0: <laughs> he's the system.
1: i was gonna say for his for his fast fingers but that could bring up all sorts of connotations <laughs>
0: <laughs> mate well you know he types pretty fast and that's we'll keep it PG yeah.
1: um, but that's it that's it for this week mate anyway if you'd like to hear more if you'd like to you know dip your toe further you know you can find us in all the good places iTunes, Spotify, Soundcloud you can also get in touch with us if you feel that way inclined why would you want to talk to me maybe about some you know slow cooker recipes <laughs> or what I thought of a certain Steven Spielberg film I'm happy about anything you know I'll talk to you. About what's your favourite soft drink? You know, what is your favourite soft, you f- oh, <laughs> soft drink? How you can get? Oh, my favourite soft drink would. Oh, oh, hold on a minute, is a mug root beer. Interesting. Right. Love a good root beer. Okay, you know what? I don't think I've had one. Some people say it's like medicine, but you know, I like it. Awesome. Or a kind of Rubicon mango, which oh, is a lot easier to find over here. Yes, good shout. Very good shout. Very nice with curry. That's why I've got six of them in the, the fridge. Anyway, sorry mate. Went off. If you'd like to talk to us and you know <laughs> and interact, you know, on the socials, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Russia Only.
0: Nick, what are you at? I'm at Nick Stanley because that's my name.
1: Do not wear it out, please. Doesn't have an L. Just for the fourth and final time. It does. And. <laughs> I'd like you also to like, rate and subscribe to ourselves so you can get the episode each day that it comes out on that Monday morning when you're wor- working from home uh, or you're maybe on the bus because you're a key worker and in which case we thank you and salute you um, for all your service. Um, and of course you can find us uh, at Real Good UK on Twitter if you want to maybe pitch us something else. You know, We Can Be Heroes which might make a return soon. Oh, it's gonna. Oh, it's gonna. It's coming <laughs> back It might be it hard be. and fast. Like Michael Michael Schumacher. These pub quizzes are shit. I need to just educate
0: everyone on what a good quiz looks like. Not to brag. Um,
1: Yeah. yeah. All these Zoom quizzes that people are having while people are hacking your details. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's all from us. We hope you have a wonderful week. We know it's going to be difficult working from home, but just stick with us. We can make through it together and we can outrun this monster truck that's coming after us. I'm going to leave you with the way that my working week is with an oh, that's got to hurt and it's from Final Destination 3 when young Aaron falls backwards and is impaled on a nail gun that fires directly through her skull. I hope you all have a great week. <laughs> Keep on trucking <coughs> and I love you, baby. Have oh, a good week, everyone. Say bye, it, Nick. bye, Nick. Bye-bye, Nick. Yeah, you did it! I did do it, it? Take it,